April 21st. Luke chapter 20, verses 27 through 47. Then some Sadducees stepped forward, a group of Jews who say there is no resurrection after death. They posed this question. Teacher, Moses gave us a law that if a man dies, leaving a wife but no children, his brother should marry the widow and have a child who will be the brother's heir. Well, there were seven brothers. The oldest married and then died without children. His brother married the widow, but he also died, still no children. And so it went, one after the other, until each of the seven had married her and died, leaving no children. Finally, the woman died too. So tell us, whose wife will she be in the resurrection? For all seven were married to her. Jesus replied, Marriage is for people here on earth, but that is not the way it will be in the age to come. For those worthy of being raised from the dead won't be married then, and they will never die again. In these respects, they are like angels. They are children of God, raised up to new life. But now, as to whether the dead will be raised, even Moses proved this when he wrote about the burning bush. Long after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had died, he referred to the Lord as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So he is the God of the living, not the dead. They are alive to him. Well said, teacher, remarked some of the teachers of religious law who were standing there. And that ended their questions. No one dared to ask any more. Then Jesus presented them with a question. Why is it, he asked, that the Messiah is said to be the son of David? For David himself wrote in the book of Psalms, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit in honor at my right hand, until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. Since David called him Lord, how can he be his son at the same time? Then, with the crowds listening, he turned to his disciples and said, Beware of these teachers of religious law, for they love to parade in flowing robes, and to have everyone bow to them as they walk in the marketplaces, and how they love the seats of honor in the synagogues and at banquets. But they shamelessly cheat widows out of their property, and then, to cover up the kind of people they really are, they make long prayers in public. Because of this, their punishment will be the greater. Good morning. This is Zach. And this is Joshua, phase two. We got uh, some morning radio for you guys. And gals, hope you enjoy. Uh, This morning we're going to uh, do a little discussion uh, on the fear of the Lord. Uh, Proverbs 14, 26, and 27 says, Those who fear the Lord are secure. He will be a refuge for their children. Fear of the Lord is a life-giving fountain. It offers escape from the snares of death. To fear God means taking Him seriously. To fear God means to let my actions reflect my honor and respect for Him. To fear God means to acknowledge Him as Lord over my life and align my actions, words, and thoughts accordingly. Having a mindset that acknowledges His continual presence and that He ought to be taken seriously, especially in light of the reality that my life's blessings are tied to fearing Him and holding Him in the highest esteem. I got a little poem for everybody. Uh, It's called, What is Fear? My flesh cries out. My heart is asleep. 
The world's what I want, death's what I reap. The idols, the envy, the lust, the pride. No guilt, no shame, I said I lied. The truth I know, the fear I don't. The kingdom I go, without fear I won't. I think fear is bad, how can fear be good? That's why fearing the Lord is so misunderstood. To fear is to love, to fear is to pray. To fear is to trust, to know He's the way. To fear is to walk with faith without sight, to still give Him glory in my darkest night. So I say to you, Lord, please hear my cry. I'll fear fear you, O God, I'll fear till I die. We love you guys. Love you. And uh, God bless.